I'm Jakob Voigt, the CEO of Catalytic, and this is Unbundled. In this series, I hope to demystify technology in the world of business. Join me as we explore how technology can make your business better. In this episode, we're chatting about the silver bullet for cyber risk. We're chatting about cyber risk management for your business, um, what it is, um, what uh, what magical technology can make the risk disappear, and who in a business should know and care about the risk. By the end of this episode, you'll have a clearer idea of how to handle cyber risk in your business. I'm joined by Steve Jump, founder and uh, MD of Custodied Adv- Advisory Services. Steve, welcome. Thanks, Jaka. Great to be here. So we always start the show by just giving us a little bit of a background of uh, how you got to where you are today. Hey, that's a long story. We've only got a few minutes, haven't we? <laughs> Seriously, I'm uh, an engineer by training. Uh, got into electronics, learned to design electronics and chips a long time ago, uh, which taught me very good behavior because you want to design things that don't break. And I've carried that with me through the rest of my career. Um, started up and run a few companies. Uh, I, I have ambitions often beyond my understanding. Uh, like, uh, somebody said, can we connect to the internet? And I said, of course you can. Uh, and we were standing in the middle of Botswana at the time. So a long time ago, I didn't know I couldn't do it. So we put internet into the middle of Botswana. Quite successful. Uh, I'm told I was a pioneer, but it just seemed like hard work. <laughs> anyway. Communications, electronics, getting into technology, discovering quite a long time ago, I didn't even, well, it wasn't even called cybercrime then. Uh, when I was starting my ISP, I got hacked by a competitor. I didn't even know what being hacked was until I discovered none of my computers had any information on it. The engineering came to the fore when it was just an outage. And by the way, if you're going to hack someone, don't do it at 5 p.m. on a Friday night. So by 5 a.m. Monday morning, everything was working and nobody noticed. Okay, I was probably a few pounds lighter and didn't have as many beers as I wanted to. But the fact is, that was a cyber attack in the middle of the 90s. Nobody knew what cyber attacks were. It wasn't called that. But moving on, helping people with their businesses, most system failures in business are caused by IT breaking. But when we have what we call cyber, uh, I'm old school. Cyber attack is when someone is actually trying to take it away from you. So we talk about risk. And I don't want to go too deep into the technology, but we have three types of risk. One of which is accidental. Okay, that's – I'm not sure I can say this for doing stupid things. Accid- accidental is when you don't get it right. So before we go into that, what do you, what do you call yourself today? Today, I get called lots of things, but when I'm in the room, I'm often described as a cyber risk analyst. Cyber risk analyst. When I leave the room, I don't know what they say. Yeah, then it's probably, it probably goes south from there. Pretty much. Okay, cool. So, so you're a cyber risk analyst. So how would you, how would you describe cyber risk, or cyber risk to a business? Uh, cyber risk is what happens when you're not paying attention. Pretty much every business today needs IT, information technology, computers, software, and information to make it work. I don't know if you've noticed, it's actually pretty difficult to keep that working in a straight line on a good day. Now, cyber is when someone is actually trying to hurt you. I 
briefly mentioning three types of risk. Let's, yeah. let's talk about your business. You're running on IT. Here we're sat in a wonderful place. Uh, you're working in the medium of sound, but practically everything we're doing is digits, bits, and bytes. So your business is turning sound into data, which is then transmitted all over the world if we're lucky. So that's working. It can break. IT can go wrong. You can put the wrong software on. You can buy the wrong software. You can configure it wrong. You can buy cheap hardware, which fails. You can buy expensive hardware that also breaks. It just Eventually. Generally speaking. So all of those things can happen and things break and you're ready for it. So we have our old school environmental. I, I used to joke that means don't build too close to a cliff or next to a reservoir, but now it can mean anywhere because the environment is catching up with us. So environmental is basically don't get flooded. Accidental is try not to make mistakes. And the majority of what goes wrong with IT is a mistake. Um, you forget to do something. You decide you can't spend this money on fixing it this week and it breaks next week and you pay 10 times more. Yeah, that's, I, I'll get onto that later. I call, I call it the BMW theory. I can afford to buy the car. I can't afford to service it. There's going to be an oops. Same with IT. But the third type of risk, which is often forgotten about because no one ever says, I want to run a secure business. They pretty much say, I want to run a business. In the technical world, we now have an adversarial threat, which is somebody who wants to do us harm. Most of the time, it's they want our money, and, and that's as old as there was something to steal. Someone wanted to steal it. And there's many, many ways that the criminals can monetize our vulnerabilities by saying, let's do it. And there's also those people who just really want to cause chaos. And they think, yeah, sticking the proverbial spanner in the works. There's, there's no reason for it other than just causing chaos. It's just spite. And there's, there's a lot of that, actually. There's almost as much as that as the criminality because people get bored and they do things. And it's <laughs> so easy. Thank you, Borden. Do you think that's, that, that, that's one of those things. So in, in the world of business, we're pretty busy trying to run our business. That's, that's pretty much it. And keeping the systems running takes a lot of effort. And if you've got a large company, a large organization, we've got a lot of people who pretty much just want to get their work done. Then there's a, a layer of people whose job it is to keep everything working for the people to get their work done. And in that space, the IT space, the business space, there should be communication, what matters to our business. When we start talking cybercrime and cyber attack, it makes it into the headlines. But the reality is most of the headlines are a result of accidental vulnerabilities. In other words, we forgot to do something that we knew we should have done. And then mm. an adversary comes along. Now, we're all connected to the internet. I mean, I'm guessing from the wires and the technology here that somewhere on the internet, someone might be listening to this. Hopefully. Well, yeah, <laughs> I, I, otherwise you just put me in the could have done better box. It's, yeah, I'm trying to get out of that corner ever since I was at school, but I'm working on it. <laughs> that is the business channel. What is supposed to happen to where it is needed. And generally that's what feeds business. 
if we do it right, someone pays money for it. If we do it wrong, we don't get paid for it. We try again, we do it, and that's business. And it's pretty hectic and hard enough to do that. But we're on the internet, which means that every electronic presence that we have is visible to anybody who wants to look. And it's not just guys in hoodies sat in a corner. I was going to wear my hoodie today, but I thought, since there's no cameras, I'm not going to show off. Okay, But that guy in the hoodie isn't just sat there on a computer. He's got little bits of software, every much the same as what you're running your business, because his business is probably trying to steal profit from you, steal what matters. So if you're on the internet, you better believe 20, 30 times an hour, someone is knocking on your door. What happens when they find the door partially open is what we call cyber risk management. And if your IT team has done its job right, the door is only open just as far as it needs to be for your business to function. Okay, so on that note, no, that was something that uh, you, and I, you and I spoke about it yesterday. That, and, and <laughs> I, I, I might have a bit of a controversial view on it. Um, so I spend the, the bulk of my time in the small to medium enterprise space. So typically what you'd find is um, a part-time or a, or a, you know, outsourced IT resource and you you know if that's done on a on an hourly support basis or something like, like that you know you know they they almost f- come in and fix the bare minimum so how is it that the cyber risk component always ends up on the IT on the IT desk do you, do you think that's the right place i don't think it's the right place i'll explain as we move on but uh the reason it ends there is because a lot of cyber security or IT security It used to be IT security because the man in IT was going to fix it. I like to use the term cyber security because this is not part of normal business. IT is keeping the wheels turning. Okay, So IT security is making the wheels turn safely. Cyber security is stopping someone else stealing your wheels. And they are different. Yes. So it's complicated. So quite often the the IT guy is usually the most technically savvy person in a business. He's rarely the person who is running the business though. So there's that interesting gap. You need that technology or you can't function. But your business function, what makes money, ideally what floats your boat and keeps you happy, is very unlikely to be IT. Yeah. And it is almost certainly <laughs> never going to be cybersecurity because you don't even think about it. And that's the gap. This is pr- practically where I make my living now, having these conversations with people who thought the IT guys would have got it done. The IT guys could have got it done if you'd had the right conversation with them. But you're generally too busy. Let's make business work. And cyber is a perspective of someone you don't know doing something you've never thought of just wants to extort or steal from you. If you're running your business in a way where you understand what matters to your business, that's a starting point. So my first conversation is, how do you make your money? 
And what would stop you from making that money? It's a business conversation. If you haven't had that, you don't know what needs to be protected. If you've had that, then we've got a starting point. So I, I call it a, a cyber risk assessment or a cyber risk posture. How well protected are your business systems from people who really want to steal your cheese? Can I, I want to ask you a question there because, um, you know, in terms of the way that you explain the sort of three types of risk uh, and the second one, let's call it the oopsie risk. that one Ac that, Accidental risk. That accident. we, we didn't intend to do it. But so, but essentially that means that, that your, your internal IT or your IT can uh, form part of that cyber risk profile. Oh, absolutely. If you think about it, IT is the people who keep your business working. Whatever you're doing, there's going to be a level where your information is on a computer. Mm. It's not about the computer. The computer is the tool that you use to conduct your business. So quite often we get distracted because those tools are complicated. But in reality, there are very few people who are invested in the business of cybersecurity. They're trying to sell you cybersecurity products. Most people are using IT as a means to an end. Uh, for example, you're running a bottling plant. You have computers on everything, measuring, stacking, tracking, controlling, literally from raw materials arriving on a big truck, being pumped into tanks, processed, the power you use, the bottles, the machinery. Every aspect of that has a computer in it. Your business isn't about IT as such, but IT makes your business work. And today, effective use of IT is probably responsible for 70 or 80% of your profit. You could still be profitable if you were doing it by hand, but it wouldn't be near as much fun or near as efficient. So pretty much we live on that IT when it works. And the IT guy, the guy who you bring in when something is broken, he's paid by the hour to make things work again. It's only when you have that conversation of how safe is my IT? And you have to have the context of that. What does safe mean in my business? Yeah, we talk about desktops. You have anti-malware and antivirus software that's put onto your laptop. Everyone knows you have to do it. But what does it mean if it doesn't work right? What does it mean to your business? Not what it means to the IT guy. He's basically or Correct. He, he or she is under stress. I mean, for every hour, he's got two hours of work, right? So that is because fires first. And that is, well, yes. But if the fire is getting access to email, what if someone is trying to steal your customer database? Would it even matter if somebody did steal your customer database? This is all the question that when, when you see the headlines, companies that get hacked on the internet and it's spectacular. Uh, one of my favorites is ransomware. I will come back to what this means, but yeah. this is basically bad things happening to your information. And it's being done to extort money from you. Obviously, if someone can get in and get details for your bank account, they don't need to extort the money. They just take yeah. it. Yeah. So this is what it is. Uh, Bearing in mind, everything that you do in your business has value. One of my I, 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 I talk to a lot of technical people, and I say, well, my, my favorite analogy is, well, they're, they're literally guys who work in cyber. They see the technology, and I say, well, I'm going to steal your diamonds. And they said, no, we're dealing with electronics. I said, well, so if I just 
create a fake customer, create a fake payment, you're going to put your diamonds in a box and you're going to ship them to me with a courier. I've stolen your diamonds. And that's the perspective. That's the conversation I have with business. But do you know what matters to your business? So, so on that note now, um, because I'm, I was thinking about a lot in preparation for our discussion today, um, specifically, uh, I think in the larger corporates, it's a, it's a bit of a different, uh, world. Um, I think they, they're aware of this stuff. They, pre- they probably move a bit slower, but to me, sometimes it feels like, um, specifically because this perception around cyber risk is, is that, that guy in the hoodie that's going to come and try and steal your, your stuff. Um, that in, if, if I'm a small business owner, then I almost shrug it off and go like, ah, please, man, I'm this small little business, uh, in Pretoria. Who's gonna, who's gonna care about what I do? You know, there's much, they, they'd rather gonna try and hack a bank or, or something like that. So, so why is it, um, or, or maybe I wasn't preempted. I was gonna ask now, why is it so hard for, for small to medium enterprise to, to grab a handle on the cyber risk world. Okay, well, I, I think you actually answered your own question there. A small business is pretty much focused on doing its business. I, I ask small business people, I, I, I work with quite a few small companies and a few larger companies. Oh, and by the way, big corporates, uh, sometimes they don't have it good either. They know what needs to be done. But the simple question, what matters to your business? What can possibly go wrong? The small guy has a better chance of understanding what is going to ruin his next week or his next month. Okay. So what can possibly go wrong? By the way, this is a good conversation for students doing their first software. When you – a small businessman, that enthusiasm, I know how to make money with this idea. You get tunnel vision. You have to take a step back. This is the brilliance. This is what's going to make me my fortune into the future. <laughs> You've, we've all been there. Yeah. And sometimes it works. What can go wrong with that that is going to perhaps take away my opportunity for fortune, perhaps take away my fortune, or worse, is perhaps going to hurt my customers in such a way that they're never going to trust anything that I do again. Now, a small businessman is working on that all the time. It's It's service, it is reputation, it is competence and all those little things. And they're going to be using computers. They will have email. They're going to have a laptop. They're going to have an iPad. They're going to have some means of working with that information. What goes wrong? Simplest thing. A small business quite often is the laptop. What happens happens if you lose it? Yeah. What happens if someone reaches in through your window and takes it? What's that going to mean for your business? So you should be thinking about that. We talk about. Do, do you think? Do you think enough businesses do that? Not till the laptop has been taken out the window. Ah. Why is At, it? Um, it's focus. Okay. You're focusing on the wrong things. It is difficult making the stuff that works work. When we're talking about someone, an outside force getting into your business in such a way negatively it's going to hurt you we don't tend to think that way until it happens and then oh it's obvious it could have happened but but to me that's and i agree with you uh, uh, and that was part of the conversation we had yesterday is if i'm that business owner 
I might not understand physical security, but I understand when I leave, I need to lock the, the front door. Yes. When it's IT, it might not be sort of my area of focus or, or forte or whatever. And then I go, yeah, but I've got I've got the IT guy. Surely he's got it covered. Ah. Do, do you think we? Do you think the? That's the, an assumption. Do you think business tend to abdicate that too easily? Yes, they do, because they're not asking the right questions. If you have a front door, you will close it. And generally speaking, you're going to put a lock on it and you're going to lock it. Metaphorically, your business has a front door. You might have a small website. You've certainly got an email address or an email Mm. service. Do you make sure that nobody else can use it? One of the... We, 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 we talk about that. I, I deal with these statistics. I'm not going to throw them in just to confuse anyone who's still listening. But uh, business works on making money. Crime tends to work on taking that money from us. It's not part of our normal thoughts. So my front door, a website, does it have a door? Did we buy a door? Well, if the IT guy had been told, I need a door, I need a protection barrier, I need some way of authenticating me when I come in, the IT guy will have built it. But it's unlikely the the lady running the business or the guy running the business will have thought of that because it's not part of their business. The IT guy can most certainly answer that question and make it work if you ask him that question. But they're too slow. But the business moves faster than. But IT. this, yeah, but this is the conversation that we're not having. Mm. Business is doing business. So I'm hand signals. That work, work well on radio, do they? <laughs> <laughs> business is doing business. IT is doing IT. That dialogue between them. If the IT guys knows that business is concerned about something. Uh, making sure you have some level of security, not just having uh, anti-malware installed on your laptop. What actually happens if your anti-malware starts going, bing, 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 you've been attacked, do you have a virus eating your machines? If the first time you think about what to do is as you watch your laptop dissolve in a puddle on your desk, okay, it's a bit late to worry about it. So for a small business, I always say, well, Worst comes to the worst. Let's just say you forget your password to your cloud information account, your database. How do you get that password back? If you haven't thought that, that's the first thing. Mm. If you know how to get it back, well, the second thing is, well, how do you stop someone else taking it over from you? It's not complicated, but you don't have the thought. That's one of the most easy ways to take money, steal the password to the bank account. Yeah, we, we we laugh at that. Yes, it's that simple. Yes, or someone else gets into my email. The That's probably the most the most prevalent thing. damaging thing. Uh, in in technical terms, it's called a business email compromise. If I change the payment details on the invoices that are being sent out, let's just say I get into your cloud account and I change the payment details on your invoice template. And you send that out to 50 customers because this is your month run and you think it's going to be brilliant. Yeah. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to earn 100,000 rand this month because I've just put out 20 invoices. And the bank details mean that these people now pay it to someone else's bank account. But that is the most common cyber crime in South Africa. Okay, but surely um, when we talk about cyber, sh- surely there, there must be some 
software or file or, or service that I can buy that's going to protect me, well, that, that'll make it, that'll make sure it never happens to me. How do I sleep at night? Yes and no. You threw silver bullets at me. The, silver the, bullet. The, the fact is there is no silver bullet because everybody's problem is unique to that particular situation. The common factor in being safe is understand what can possibly go wrong. And then that's, make, that's not even technology related. And this that's is not technology. A, it's actually in your head. If mm. you're not, if, if you don't know that that big thing coming towards you on the road is a truck, you might walk in front of it. You won't get a second chance. If you don't know that something can go wrong with your business and you suddenly find your bank accounts are empty, all of the goods that you purchased to sell were delivered to a different address, you're left in a very sad position. Yes, technology could be doing it, but we, we focus on IT being the magic. These kind of crimes have happened since history was there. I'm not quite sure what the Roman equivalent of e-commerce was, but they did a lot of trade and they had a lot of things stolen. So we just need to take that perspective. If our job is transport, well, we've got enough physical security issues with transport without making sure that the labels means it's being delivered to the right person. Understanding what we're trying to do helps us to look at what can go wrong. So when I have a, a cyber risk conversation, I'm literally getting people telling me what matters to their business. Because what matters to my business is going to be completely different. What matters to your business is completely different. Even though we live in the same world, we've got the same iPads, we've got the same laptops, we've got the same software, the same email. What we do with them is different. There are many businesses that can live without email for a week, but turn off their factory for a day and they're bust. Yeah, it's so interesting. Um, do you find that, um, that there are companies that believe if they have uh, let's go and I think this is probably one of still most one of the, the most prevalent beliefs that's out there for, for the older generation as long as I've got antivirus on my machine I'm um, I'm solid do, do you do you find that these these customers that, that believe that belief. this specific technology or whatever I can sleep soundly at night yeah I, I I call that the Microsoft tax if you had Windows you had to have antivirus well I, I spent a lot of my career knocking Microsoft. In fact, they've actually made me quite wealthy because <laughs> fixing Microsoft is a career in its own right. So don't get me wrong here. Microsoft now provides their own antivirus as part of the package that you get, and it's pretty damn good. So unless you deliberately turn it off, out the box now, Windows has all the antivirus you're going to need. Now, you can buy anything extra you want. That's your call. But Windows is not unsafe. But what you do with it. That's the question. Oh. So breaking into your laptop is much harder. But if someone sends you a carefully worded email that says, go to this website and please install this extra function, and you install the software that opens the doors, that's not a fault of the operating system. It's, we, we, we call it an operator error. But do you know any better? So this is where... Working with software that tells you that you're doing something silly. This is not antivirus and anti-malware anymore. This is working with web browsers that uh, have filters that say, um, 
I know you think you're going to Amazon, but this website's in Russia. These are all extra bits and pieces. A little bit of common sense actually helps. I know we often say that, but <laughs> if what you think is happening is not what you are seeing, stop. I want you to say that again. If what you think is happening and what you are seeing is not the same and you have even the slightest doubt, stop. Plain and simple. Don't press that button. Don't click that link. And if you think you've pressed it, the off switch is actually still an effective stop what's happening. Might not fix your problem, but it stops it getting worse. But then before you even think about doing that, you have to know that such a thing is possible. So the conversation about what could possibly go wrong makes you more aware of your circumstances. So um, let's let's make your seat a little bit hotter. Um, can you give us maybe one or two examples of maybe customers or, or companies that you've come across where and where some cyber incident happened and, and sort of what the what the impact on the business was and what they had to do to fix it? Um, you don't have to name names, obviously. I, I, I definitely won't name names or I'll, I won't get any work again in the future. But mm-hmm. uh, that, the, the people I'm referring to may, may, may be able to join the dots, but hopefully not. When you're dealing with a big company, there are people whose job it is to do cybersecurity, to do IT, to do business, quite often people doing fraud management in a large organization. They're actually all working on the same problem. But quite often... Big companies, for management purposes, have nice sections and silos, so they don't necessarily talk to each other. So an interesting, let's call it anecdotal, a mythical company that I came across, had everything you could imagine. And everything was working, and they were getting wonderful reports. And I get invited to come along and ask questions. And I'm, I'm the guy who asked the stupid questions, because... If my stupid questions embarrass you, you can replace me with someone who doesn't ask as stupid a question. So well, Maybe it's not stupid. It might be uncomfortable. Well, here we go. Uncomfortable can be. So uh, we get these reports. And businesses like to abstract complexity for the purposes of communication. Okay, there's, there's a whole philosophy there. I don't think we've got long enough. But very rarely does that abstraction actually convey information. So the IT guys are busy working. So they want the people who pay their salaries to know we're busy, 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 busy. The security guys are busy catching security events. And there's data and there's analytics. And I look at these things and I say, well, that report and that report, they don't add up. Uh, is your data representing reality? They go, no. And then people fight and they say, well, actually, we don't need you. And it turns out that people were making the numbers up. The data was real, but the work wasn't happening. They were hmm. too busy to do the work, so they basically they were just counting it. And a while after I was uh, well, work, basically working on another job, I get a phone call saying, you know you said that data wasn't accurate. Well, it turns out that it was completely made up, and we've just encountered a major cyber attack. And I said, well, I'm not surprised because... Nothing that was going to tell you you were having a cyber attack was being recorded. Mm. The sad part for the people left holding this extremely 
hot potato was that all the data had been recorded. This is what I call it's, it's, it's the big issue with the big business. They record everything. So there was a perfect forensic trace of when things happened, when things went wrong, when the damage was done, when the crime actually took place and how long it took. And all the points at which people hadn't been working were very, very obvious because people said, ah, no, put that off, put that off. So the evidence is there. So the fact is, if you are able to catch the data about an incident, please look at it. Please analyze it. And if you don't know how to look at it and analyze it, but you can afford to catch it in the first place, you can definitely afford to pay someone to come in and have a look for you. It's a worthwhile investment. It's it's like insurance. It's never a wasted expense when you need it. But believe me, if you don't have insurance, it gets very painful. But what if I what if I never need it? Then I just then it's just a grudge payment. Ah. It's probably always going to be a grudge payment, but then you work out if I'm not going to need my insurance, do I have enough spare money in my bank account in case it happens? Because it's it's, it's not a question of if, it's a question of when. I think that's important. No matter how good a driver you are, someone is probably going to drive into you sometime. And that was, that was one of the uh, very, very cool things that you said to me yesterday when we spoke was um, around the fact that in your in your business you will encounter a cyber incident all you need to uh, what you really need to establish is, is how, how quickly and and uh, lightly you can come off if I can call it that That's how quickly it, you can recover it, it's going to happen what am I going to do about it so the, the fact is, a, a small business, the number of things that can go wrong with a small business are quite limited. If you focus on, I lose my laptop or my laptop is stolen, or I'm a progressive business, I've got six people working for me. It used to be the nightmare, you come in the morning and find out that all of your office desks are, I wouldn't say tidy, but they no longer have any IT equipment on them. Were you expecting that? What happens? Because you can go down, take your shopping trolley down to a recognized retailer, and come back with a bag full of laptops. Your information is what matters to your business. If your information is stolen, have you made steps to make sure it's useless? I mean, every laptop you buy, you've got the ability to encrypt the data on the disk. So basically, it's just junk laptops. Most crime is opportunistic, even the cybercrime. I want to do it, get the laptop. What does it mean to me as a business? If someone is targeting me, it means I have something they want to steal. I should know that, and I can take appropriate measures to ask my IT guys to get someone in to do an independent security assessment to say, am I as safe as I need to be? But the whole point about that is when you say it was unexpected, really it probably wasn't unexpected. It's just I hadn't taken the time to look. And a lot of what you're saying now is sort of you've got to you've got to be honest with yourself. You can't blame ignorance or or the, you didn't know because you know in the cyber world it's it's going to happen. And if you accept that, then you say, okay, right, what do I do? What plan? What plan do I make to deal with it when I get there?" Yeah, and these things don't just happen by accident. Um, I classify. I don't need 
to install security as an accidental decision. I couldn't afford to buy it this month or pay for it this month, so I decided to put it off because it wasn't important. The accident is your definition of important, and it might not be. Yes. But you need to make certain that choosing not to do it is actually a good business decision because a decision not to spend money has the same kind of business effect as a decision to spend money wisely. Mm. If you're not having those conversations, and if you're a one-man business or a one-woman business, you have to be asking yourself these questions. So, so I think we've we've I think we agree that the cyber risk component is is doesn't sit squarely on IT's table. So, when you engage with a with a, a new business, and let's talk SME now, uh, small to medium, that six-man business or a thirty-man business, yeah, um, who. When you engage in a greenfield scenario with a with a new customer, who are the key key role players in a business that that you would expect to form part of this cyber risk initiative? Uh, the hardest part is if I'm going in for a cyber risk um, analysis, I need to talk to the CEO, the guy who owns the company. He may or may not have an IT guy. If when you go to talk to a business about cyber risks, they point you to the IT guy, that is the problem because the, the IT guy very rarely knows what the business is trying to do. <laughs> if, 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 if it's a one-man business or a one-woman business, okay, the lady running the company is the lady who buys the software licenses, who buys the laptops, quite often installs the software herself. She has half a clue what matters for business. That conversation can be very, very progressive because – if you know what works for your business, the conversation on what can go wrong is very, very quick. And once you've had that conversation, what can go wrong, then fixing it requires time. Small businesses don't have a lot of time, but that investment of time can save 10, 20, 50 times more than the cost of that time. Or sometimes it's worth paying someone else to come and do it. But as with all things that you buy, it really helps if you're buying something if you know what you expect. If you're buying a security service, it shouldn't be just to have the latest security products. And by the way, there is technology involved in this, which needs some assistance. But you're not just buying it to have the technology. You should be buying the technology that reduces the risks to your business. Bearing in mind, most of this technology is designed to be accessible to everybody. Focus yes. on what matters to your business. Because when you're spending that money, you're working blood, sweat, and tears to pay for it. Make sure you're getting the business benefit from it. I call it a business case for security. If you're spending your money on the wrong things and the most valuable thing that you have, um, one of my conversations with businesses, what matters to your business? What is the most valuable asset that you have? It's not going to be the computer that you spend a lot of money on. It's the information on that computer. Yes. That could be 10 or 100 times more valuable than the computer itself. You so, can change so the your hardware. Injury, your injury point is always the… the you, you have to approach from the business side. What matters to business? What makes my profit? What happens if the systems that support that profit are broken, an IT failure? See, this is something pe people forget. They say cybersecurity and IT are the same thing. They are different perspectives on the same thing. 
Keeping your business working means good, reliable IT. Good, reliable IT needs to be protected against bad people doing things to damage it and destroy it. But that, to me, uh, and uh, you know, you make you make so much sense. Um, I think a lot of the time there's sort of unintended consequences where people assume and say, "Yeah, but you know, surely the IT guy will know." Um, that this is critical to my business or, or what the risk is to my business. But if it's specifically, if it's an outsourced guy that you're using for 10 or 20 hours a, a month, he's not sitting there thinking on your behalf what, uh, what, what, how much money you, you're going to lose business wise if something like that gets compromised. Well, At the end of the day, you still carry the can. Yeah, well, he won't be thinking unless you told him. Yes. Um, uh, pretty much if you have an outsourced IT contract. That contract specifies what's going to be happening. You read that contract. Um, small businesses should be good at reading contracts because quite often the margin is in the details. Yeah. If that contract does not protect what matters to your business, why are you entering into it? This isn't a technical call. Yeah. Yeah. This is what makes sense to my business. Okay. So, um, Last question. I always like to make it real. So when you engage now with a, with a customer, what does that engagement look like? My first conversation is what is your business about? It's, ne it's, it's never simple. We do this, but we do this, and we do a bit of that, a bit of that, all in mm. the same direction. So what makes the money for your business? What pays your employees' salaries? What puts money in your bank account? What enhances your shareholder or stakeholders? So the, where, does, where does the wealth come out of your business? What's the net benefit from your business? What happens if that process is interrupted? We, we, we talk in a technical sense. we talk about what are your assets? The assets used to be keeping finance happy, the list of all the computers that we spent so much money on. But I, I say take a step back from that. Yes, you still need those. But what is that information? Because everything that you work on has time and you're paying people for that time. So everything that you work on, that's the information that runs your business, has value. That information usually points to something real. Unless you're a bank, in which case data equals money. We have a complete different set of problems with banks. They're actually pretty good at handling cyber, by the way. But when we get to your business, what matters You may be manufacturing, perhaps you're selling, perhaps you yourself are a service provider. So something gets exchanged with your customers for money. What happens if that process is disrupted? If you can't do business for a day? So, so what did, what would that look like? Um, let's say I'm now your new customer. We book a workshop and then you have a structured We've got a, we, we've got a structure. Because um, I assume, I assume when you start asking me, Yaku, have you thought about this and thought about that? And I'm going to go, um, thank you for making me feel like an idiot, Steve. But, um, no, the, the, in, in, in this engagement, I, I'm the idiot because I don't know what I'm talking about. I come in, I ask the questions. The customer knows how to run their business by definition. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a business. Yeah. So when they're running their business, I need to find out. What matters to their business? What drives the revenue, the profit, the benefit from their business? 
And how could that normally be interrupted? So quite often, if they're IT dependent, they'll know. Often, not anecdotally, but practically, something broke. The internet connection went down. Uh, SCOM turned me off for three days. All those little things. What happened to your business when that was happening? How did you recover from it? How do you plan to recover from it? If we've already had that conversation, happiness. If we haven't had that conversation, it's never too late. So what happens if you are deprived of access to the information? Do you have a backup? Can you recover it? What if someone doesn't destroy your data but steals it and makes use of it in parallel, stealing your customers? How does that matter? What happens if someone just decides they want everything from your bank account? Have you thought about that happening? How do you prevent it? How do you detect it? All of these things. So there's going to be technology. There's going to be layers of security. But security is its that strong, crunchy layer on top of reliable IT. And then um, we, the, the other thing that we, we spoke about that specifically, what, what is, the, what is the, the, the outcome of this exercise then? Um, we, we spoke, when we spoke about uh, disaster recovery yesterday, we well, spoke about uh, the lack of a plan. Okay, let, let's, let's get real. Shit happens. Something is going to break. It could be a technical failure. You could be about to launch your latest and greatest update and something bricks your system. It happens. It could be that you're not as secure as you thought you were and someone managed to steal an identity or steal an account. In other words, the keys to the door. Let's assume you had a door, but someone steals the keys and comes in. What does that mean? So we we have a term that we call cyber resilience. And business resilience is basically how am I going to handle a bad situation? Have I planned for a rainy day? Did I buy an umbrella and a raincoat? Do I have a bucket to bail out the flooded office? So in the technical business equipment, if I have lost access to my information, do I have a backup? Have I made certain that I have a backup? Because the day you need Mm. it is a bit late to find out. None of this is complicated. All of this is something that your IT guys can definitely do and test regularly. Uh, if you're outsourcing it to someone, they, they charge by the hour. They should be doing it. So we'll make sure that your contract is requesting it to be done and then make sure that you actually get proof that it's being done. Because if you're not the most technical person, and believe me, your business is your business. It's unlikely your business is IT. So somewhere along the line, you need someone working for you on your payroll who can translate the techno babble, which is legitimate and perfectly normal, into is my risk higher or lower or expected? And if it is expected, what does that mean I should have done in preparation? That's part of my insurance. Cyber resilience is I bought the right systems. I know what bad starts to look like and I know what to do when I see it so it's going to be inconvenient it might mean I can't run my business at full speed in a straight line but I can perhaps run my business at 50% capacity know what to say to my customers and know how to assure them that they're not at risk or at threat due to my problems and we move on it's too late to think about doing that as it's happening 
And that's why I call it it's insurance. It's planning for the future. And there's a really good solid business case for cyber risk management. The same way when you have your brand new BMW, you service it at regular intervals. So you check if your cyber security is working. If you buy a BMW and drive it for five years and the wheel drops off, you might be very disappointed, but nobody you tell about it is going to be surprised. Yeah. So in, in, in the cyber world, you know there are bad things that can happen. Most of them are not targeted at you. But if you haven't taken the right steps to be safe, they will just find you. And even if they're not going to steal anything from you, they're going to really make your day bad. Conclusion, is there a silver bullet in terms of technology that can protect you from cyber risk? Uh, I don't believe there is any single technology that can do it. There are a lot of technologies that can greatly help. Uh, hopefully you'll invite me back to talk about some of these, but we're starting to see this wonderful new technology, artificial intelligence. A much abused term. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of people don't like it, but it's basically data management and analytics. But if somebody walks into your door and say, Steve, if you buy this box, I promise you nothing will go wrong. Uh, it's a bit like, um, I've, got this little bag of jewels, it's really, really good kind of thing. Understand what you are buying because it's your context, your business. Just because this works on 75 out of 100 businesses, make sure it is applicable to a problem that you have, not applicable to someone else's problem. So in other words, when you're buying something, make sure you know why you are buying it. That's not just cybersecurity. I think that's everything. But there's a lot of people using technology to mask the fact that the product is not wrong, but it's not automatically right for you. Steve? So um, I'm not saying don't get security. You need security. But just blindly buying the brightest and most loudly advertised is not always going to be the right thing. Know what you're trying to buy, which means know what's at risk, know what you're protecting, and then respond appropriately. Um, we've run out of time, but I think we'll definitely set up set up more sessions. There's just a wealth of experience and in, in, uh, information here. And um, thank you for your time. I really enjoyed today. I hope no, uh, our listeners also find some benefit out of it and well, food I'm, for I'm, thought. I'm hoping so. I, I, it is a complicated subject, but I believe if you approach it properly – it is accessible safely and securely for anybody who really wants to know. And it was great being here. Thanks for the opportunity. Thank you very much. Thanks for listening to Unbundled, brought to you by Catalytic, a series that aims to demystify technology so that you can make smarter decisions for your business. Remember that you can listen to all of the episodes on the Cliff Central Apple website. And for added convenience, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google, or wherever you listen. And if you're looking for help with communications tools in your business, please make sure to visit catalytic.co.za.